to brothers of the word. Because brother, you need the word. And today's message will center on Proverbs 30.30. You don't have to turn there. It simply reads, A lion which is strongest among beasts, and turneth not away for any. A few months ago, I took my son to the Tour Championship of Atlanta. It's a professional golf tournament where basically the top 30 money winners in the world come together and they compete in the Tour Championship. And we walked around and we specifically wanted to see one golfer. I asked my son who takes golf lessons, I said, how many professional golfers can you name? He could only name one golfer. And we decided that it was this golfer that we wanted to see and and we wanted to follow him around. So we asked, where can we find him? And they said, just look for the crowd. And wherever you find the crowd, there he will be. We followed him around for five holes. And and during this experience, I just saw things on the golf course that related to life itself. So many similar principles and parables of the game and the situations involved that were some amazing revelations. And I began to write a series of Mountain Wings issues on those experiences and revelations. And then God spoke to me. He said, I want you to deliver a series of sermons on this. And I said, and I, I said you want me to, said, I want you to talk about him. I said, but the problem is he's not even a Christian. But there are some things in the parable that you will learn from his life. And to be honest about it, I didn't even fully understand what I was going to say about him. And we We're out late last night at service, and I got in, and I did not have the sermon prepared. It's 2 o'clock in the morning, and I started to work on it, and nothing would come. And God simply said, look, just go to bed. I'll tell you what I want. The minute I got into bed, instantly a revelation hit. I had to hop up. I grabbed my little phone here that I keep all my notes in, and my Bible is on, and I began to write it down. I closed it up, laid back down. Three minutes later, another. Three minutes later, if God began to reveal some things of what he wants you to know, and he's going to take just a man and his life as an example, and it will train us and teach us because God wants to take us to another level. And to go to another level, you often need to be able to see real life examples of life at another level. Some of you all need to go to the top of whatever you're doing. And if you want to go to the top, you need to look at how did the people who are at the top, how did the best in the world get to be that way? What are the principles behind it? And see, the principles behind it really, they transcend religion. Because when people use the principles, even in bad stuff, it works. It'll bring an ultimate evil fruit, but it works when they use the principles. You know the mafia uses some pretty good business principles, and it works. They use one of the principles of unity. 
If you're in the mafia, you're in the mafia for life. And you know the only way to get out of the mafia is having with some concrete boots on. So they use the principle. And do you know they have some pretty good lawyers into the mafia? So they use some principles that even though it may be for an evil purpose, the principles work. And I just want to show you just some of the things just dealing with this one man. And over the next few weeks, I'll show you some of the revelations that came out of a game of life that will apply to you. And if I ask most of you out here right now to name two golfers, most of you would draw a blank. And there's only one man whom you can name. Only one person, only one that you know. And that's Tiger Woods. And let me just read you a little stuff about him. He was born Eldrick Woods on December 30th, 1975. He's born one day before my birthday is December 31st. He was born Eldrick Woods on December 30th, 1975 in Cypress, California. As soon as he could stand up on his own, Tiger's parents introduced their only child to the game of golf by giving him a sawed-off putter to practice with. He picked the game up fast and was shooting in the high 40s for nine holes before his third birthday. Now, you have to understand what this means for anyone who plays golf or anyone who knows the sport. I played golf in high school, and I couldn't shoot that good in high school. He was doing it at two years old. So this is part of the history and part of some of the things God wants you to see. At the age of eight, he won the first of six Optimus International Junior World titles. He is the only player in USGA history to have won both the junior amateur and amateur titles. He played in his first professional tournament in 1992 at age 16. After perhaps the most remarkable amateur career ever, he won the U.S. Junior Amateur Championship in 91, 92, and 93, and the U.S. Amateur title in 94, 95, and 96. In two years at Stanford University where he won the NCAA title, Woods turned pro in the summer of 1996. Tiger won two titles and finished in the top ten five times out of his first eight professional golf association tour events. In 1997, at the age of 21, Woods became the youngest player ever to win the Masters by the largest margin in a major championship in this century. And the first person of African or Asian descent to win a major golf championship. On June 15, 1997, he achieved number one on the official world golf ranking in his 42nd week as a professional. Woods became the youngest ever number one golfer at age 21 years and 24 weeks. That year, his first full year on the tour, Woods was chosen as the AP Athlete of the Year and ESPN Athlete of the Year. In his third full season as a professional, Wood won eight times on the PGA Tour and earned over $6 million. He had a margin of nearly $3 million over the second highest winner, a figure greater than the previous single-year winner total. Tiger's dominance was such that he won an outstanding 52% of all the prize money 
he could have won. In 2000, Woods won the British opening, becoming a, at 24, the youngest player ever to win all four major titles, the PGA Championship, the Masters, the U.S. Open, and the British Open. A month later, he succeeded, he successfully defended his title at the PGA Championship in a playoff victory, becoming only the second player after Ben Hogan to win three major titles in one year. He appeared on his first television show at the age of two. Tiger showed up on CBS Network News and the Mike Douglas show putting with Bob Hope. Nicknamed Tiger is after a Vietnamese soldier who was a friend of his father's in Vietnam. And I had to read you that just to show you the accomplishments of Tiger Woods. And that just shows you what the man has done. And most of you, even if you don't follow golf, you know of him, you've heard of him. But let me tell you and show you some of the things that God wants to reveal that will apply to your life. Tiger was shooting in the 40s at the age of two years old. And the story that really God wants you to see is that the real story is not with Tiger. The real story is with his daddy. His daddy set out to make him the world's greatest golfer. And he took a baby, a baby, and so when he could barely walk, he cut off a puddle and put it in his hand and said, son, I'm going to teach you how to play golf. And this is the story of a daddy, and we have so many fathers and so many mothers in here, and you have to understand, see, when do you realize that when God really called the great people, they were often known from birth? Do you know your child? All of the parents look over at another parent and ask them, do you know your child? Do you know your child? To be able to shape and to say, this is what my son is going to be and I'm going to make the sacrifices. At two years old, his father had the vision. And understand this, Tiger was a man of color. Golf is not a sport dominated or even heavily influenced by people of color. So here he was going to say, I'm not only going to make my son the greatest in the world, but I'm going to make him the greatest in the world in an area where no one of color has ever done anything significant. Can you imagine the kind of vision that it took to do that? Can you imagine the kind of faith that it took to do that? Can you imagine what kind of parents that it took to do that? And understand this, he, what, he didn't have anything special. He was not a millionaire. Didn't even appear that he was extremely heavily educated. He didn't have anything special or anything beyond what most of us have as parents. The one thing he did have was a vision of what he wanted his child to be. And the problem that most parents have, they don't even know what they want to be, much less what the child's going to be. And parents, if you can get into your system and into your vision, a vision for your child, and if you can look in and see their talents and propensities and abilities, 
and begin to take and to shape and to mold those things at an early age, you too can produce a lion that will turn away from no one. And as I begin to see some of the things, and, and that's why even though I don't know what religion his daddy was, but he was following Proverbs 22, 6, which says, train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. What do you want your child to be? It said his daddy used to sit by Tiger's bed at night and give him confidence, telling him how good he was going to be at life and at golf. But his dad never pushed him. Tiger did what he did because he wanted to. That's what the interview said. But Tiger's daddy was at his son's bed every night telling him how good he was going to be at life and golf. You see, his daddy had a balance of things because you can be great at golf and terrible at life. So he told him, you're going to be good at life and you're going to be good at golf. What are you telling your children? Sometimes even with my children, I will go in and, and sometimes even when they are asleep, I'll speak words over them. And I'll tell them sometimes, you know, you're going to be great. You're going to be a great man. And even when my son was two, all he could do was just look at me and smile. He, wasn't, he didn't even fully, I think, comprehend in his intellect what I was saying, but it registered on his spirit. And whatever the parent will tell the child, the thing starts to integrate into the very fabric of their being. Don't you ever tell a child, you stupid, you fool, you knucklehead. You're programming it into your child. Tiger's daddy, every night at his bed, told him, you're going to be great at life, and you're going to be great at golf. So when Tiger stepped out on the course, all he could hear were his daddy's words, you're going to be great at life, and you're going to be great at golf. Parents. Be careful of the words that you speak unto your children. The other big influence in his life was his mother. For years, he used to get up early in the morning and drive into tournament sites all around the state of California. She used to keep score and never complained about how much time it took. He says they were both very important in the development of his God. And the thing I didn't know as I researched Tiger is that Tiger has two half-brothers and one half-sister because his father had children by a previous marriage. Even when you mess up, he did not let that stop him from keep going and producing. Even when he had one marriage that failed, he did not let that stop him. And too often in life, people, we'll let one failure mess us up. Not realizing that the destiny that God has for us, we can, everyone is going to make errors. And everyone will make a mistake. And if you keep making the same mistake over and over and over, there's a serious problem with that. But he made a mistake. But he turned around and rectified 
and got that thing together. Almost 60% of the church population is divorced at one point or another. Just a straight, flat out fact. So 60% of people, they have to get over the hurdle of a failed relationship, just like Tiger's daddy did. But when you see Tiger right there on the course, no one thinks about the daddy's failed relationship. And the daddy didn't let it bog him down and hold him down either. Too many of us crying and whining about what used to be. You better move on and get your life together. And go ahead and do what God has destined for you to do. Don't let. Because you've had a relationship that didn't go right. Mess you up. Most people don't know it. But my father was married before he met my mother. You see, there are really no perfect folk. They're just untold secrets. That's all. There are no perfect folk. They're just untold secrets. So he had to start over. But he never, and my father only talked to me about that one time. He only talked to me about that one time. There were no children from the other relationship. He only talked to me about it one time. He says, son, I had to, to start. I, he, he, he explained everything to me. And he went on. And that's what a lot of you all are going to have to do. Because if it's done, nothing you can do about it. Now, if you're still in a relationship, do everything you can. But if it's done, there's nothing you can do about it. And Tiger's daddy made a decision. And he went on. And the other big thing that was revealed to me about Tiger, Tiger does not claim that he's black. You know, and a whole lot of black folk had problems with that. I, I would hear black folk talk, this black queen claim me. And, and, and the thing about it, I got a chance to, to stand close. And, and, and matter of fact, Tiger was coming out of the bathroom and I was going in the bathroom. So I actually brushed up against so I, I got a chance to see him. He looked black all day long. I mean, you can't see in all honesty, you cannot see a bit of any other nationality or racial profile in him at all. He looks straight black. But he won't claim himself as black. And black people were getting upset that Tiger would not claim himself to be a black man. And I had to see some revelation on that thing. First of all, you had to know his history. His father, Earl Woods, is a Vietnam War veteran and a retired U.S. Army lieutenant colonel of mixed black, Chinese, and Native American Indian ancestry. His mother, Kutita Woods, is originally from Thailand, is of mixed Thai, Chinese, and Dutch ancestry. This makes Tiger himself one-fourth Chinese, one-fourth Thai, one-fourth black, one-eighth Native American Indian, and one-eighth Dutch. He refers to his ethnic makeup as a Cablinal Asian, a mixture of Caucasian, black, American Indian, and Asian, a term he made up himself. <laughs> But this is the point. 
Everyone who saw Tiger told him that he was black. He said, I am a mixture of all of my heritage. Tiger understood where he came from. You have to realize, people, where you came from. And sometimes the world will judge you or label you based on what they see from the outside. Because, you see, I have mixed ancestry. Now, I know I've got, all of us probably have some stuff mixed in in the DNA in our background. But, see, I have two fathers. I have an earthly father. And I have a heavenly father. And, and, and you see, with, with all of us, we all have an earthly father and we all have a heavenly father. But the thing about it, you can't see the DNA result of the heavenly father on you. All you can see is the structure of your earthly father. You cannot see the divine. And with Tiger, you can't see the Chinese. You can't see the Thai. You can't see the American Indian. All you can see is African American. But he knows it's there. You can't see God on me, but I know it's there. I, I know who my daddy is. I know who my father is. And you see, when you know your real truth of really who you are, I am a child of God. And you see, when I know I'm a child of God, even no matter what the world tells you, because some people will say Christianity is just a fool's religion. And they'll tell you all of this stuff, but when you know who you are and you refuse to be called anything but what you are, and this man was able to walk where no other men of color had ever walked in the power that he walked because he knew who he was. And he wouldn't deny it, nor would he change it. His name was Eldrick. There's something about Eldrick that's just not as powerful as Tiger. <laughs> When you think about Eldrick, you think about a fellow with some horn rim glasses and, you know, sitting over a computer screen. But when you think about Tiger, it's a whole different ball game. His daddy had sense enough to change what he was called. Didn't necessarily have to change his name, but he changed what he was called. And people, if you can learn that principle just with your children... And that's why even as you pick their nicknames, be careful of what you pick. Don't you pick Knucklehead and Boo Boo and Peanut. You know, you know if, if you pick those kind of names, be careful of what you call your children. That is a divine principle. You see, every time God really changed the nature of a person, he changed what they were called. And some of you have not been able to achieve the success and the things out of life that you want because you have been calling yourself some names. And you have been putting behind the I am some stuff that should not be. And you've got to change that. Some of you look in the mirror and say, ooh, I am ugly. <laughs> Ooh, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm this, I'm that, and you know, I'm not that smart. I was talking with someone not too long ago who was just in a, in a life mess. Very talented, but just in a life mess. And they were just telling me all of the things that were, that had gone wrong and the things they were missing. I said, look, 
You stood here for an hour telling me all of the stuff you don't have. I said, what do you have? And then they began to, to go down the list of what they did. I said, if you stop focusing on what you don't have and start focusing, because you cannot do anything with something you don't have. But your whole attention and your whole focus is based on focusing on stuff you don't have. And you cannot do one thing with anything you do not have. You can only work with what you... And, and people, we have to call ourselves what we want to be. Tiger's father understood some biblical principles. And I don't know what religion he was. But he understood some biblical principles. And he began to set those things into place. With a child at an early age. And he has shaken up the world. And you can do the same thing. And for those of you who are parents. You need to start this day. First of all. Recognizing the gifts and talents. That are in your child. If your child goes off to school. And they don't know what they want to be. It's your fault because you haven't told them. L, did I tell you what you're going to be? Did I tell you? All right. That's, that's the point. Now, you don't have to tell everyone, but at least Daddy told you, didn't he? That's right. Daddy told so, so, in the beginning, as a parent recognizes the abilities of the child, says Tiger was never pushed, but his daddy pushed him without pushing him. Because when you tell a child over and over and over what they're going to be, They'll find themselves and they, they can't help it. That's why the Bible says, rear up a child in the way that and when they're old, even if they stray, they, they come back because you, you put it in them and it's something about it, it just turns them, good or bad, in the direction that you have implanted into them. And he's like a lion. And he's done some awesome things, but when you understand the background, that his father recognized and encouraged and implanted and called him what he should be. And this message today is primarily for parents with your children. Because some of you will need to rear a tiger. And your child will do in some areas of life what he has done in golf. But that thing is going to begin with you. And if you don't tell them, they will never know and they'll go through life wondering what they were supposed to be and what they were supposed to do. Rear a tiger. And I hope this message, I, I didn't understand why God even wanted me to speak about tiger, but as I studied his background, I then began to understand, parents, you have to instill this stuff in your children from an early age. From the time they start breathing outside of the womb, start speaking some words over little, I speak words over little George, and he can't even walk yet. And he doesn't know what I'm saying. But he'll just look at me and just smile. And I'll tell him he's going to be a great man. And you may not think they know, but they do. Teach your children. There's a Jewish proverb that says, if a man does not teach a child a profession, it is the equivalent of teaching him robbery. Teach your children. Teach your children. And you too can rear the best in the world. Right?
thank you for watching today's program. If you'd like to send this to someone, you can simply go to airjesus.com. This is message number 5283. That's 5283. You can email it to a friend absolutely free of charge at airjesus.com. We thank you for watching Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the Word. Amen.